Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the decidedly difficult diplomat, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. www.worldtrumpetfederation.com is the best way for you to stay up to date with the truth about trumpet. No fees, no firewall, just fun, and a fantastic way for you to get fresh new ideas about playing, teaching, and all things trumpet-related. Home to the Open Bell Podcast, the WTF was created to serve you, our trumpet-playing colleagues from around the world. And remember, another way to reach us is just to email us directly at theopenbell at gmail.com. We love to hear from listeners, and we'll absolutely talk about the things you want to hear. Now, don't worry. We've got plenty of topics for this, our fourth season, but we will be happy to incorporate your questions into our discussions. And by Dylan Music. We can do our best to explain how cool it is at Dylan Music up in Woodbridge, New Jersey. But until you've seen it for yourself, you won't really understand the amazing setup that Steve Dillon and his incredible team have put together there. So open up your paper calendar, find a date, write it down, or type it into pages. Or, if you're savvy enough to keep one of them there, electronic calendars, do whatever sorcery you have to do to put it in there. Now, if getting there in person isn't in the cards, remember, you can always just call 732-634-3399 and introduce yourself to our friends Jim McCombs and Perry Sutton. See firsthand why so many people depend on them for great information, great gear, and great service. Of course, you can always just go to www.dillonmusic.com and use that promo code OPENBELL5 to get 5% off of all your accessories. Dylan Music, musicians helping musicians since 1992. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments. Warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to download, delineate, and delete information that we believe is deliverable for decent trumpeters and dedicated cornetists. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by Chopsaver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only Dan Gosling. And you know... Each week, I really hope that I can do the Chop Saver ad justice. I put time in, like just like yesterday, waiting for the break of day, searching for something to say, <laughs> flashing lights against the sky, giving up. I close my eyes, oh, sitting cross-legged on the floor, 25 or 6 to 4. Wow. Staring blindly into space, getting up to splash my face, wanting just to stay awake, wondering how much I can take. Should I try to do some more? 25, 25 or, six, or to four. 6 to 4. Yeah. Feeling like I ought to sleep, searching for something to say. Oops, spinning room. I missed a line there. Waiting for the break of day. <laughs> 25 <laughs> or 6 to 4. But hey, use your promo code BELL. Promo code! To Lee Lock Nain your discount of 15% into <laughs> off your order. Lee Lord, Lock help us. Nain your discount is a nice call. <laughs> wow. It's brutal. Totally brutal. Oh, man. I, didn't I just uh, reference Hard Habit to Break recently? Yes, you did. Yeah. Look at that. See, we Look got a little that, uh, Chicago little theme running. on some Chicago. And since Brian, uh, he is never anyone to know what time it is. So. No, <laughs> no, I don't. But I played in a Chicago cover band in college. Oh, I, like, I need really? to hear recordings of that. Wow. 15 people. We did one gig. Wow. 
Yeah, it's an expensive band. <laughs> all right, Brian, color our world. What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> it's all about color, isn't it? Major seven chord right there. So, the, so the, the qu- question before you is when you sit in a brass band and you're. Uh, hold on, hold on. The question before me and Bill. I think yeah, anyone. When you sit in a brass band. It's only a matter answer. of time. You're the one that sits in a brass it's band. It's only a matter of time. I can answer this question. Yes. I have this I, experience. I have an E-flat cornet that evidently no one's hiring me for. I'm just saying. That's right. <laughs> Putting it out there. As I said, it's only a matter of time. There's the definition of an optimist. <laughs> buying a new E-flat cornet. guy that E-flat owns cornet. an E-flat cornet and is expecting to get a phone call. <laughs> Just sitting here waiting by the phone, waiting for it to ring. You know, it starts a website. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, E-flat cornet is for hire.com. <laughs> All right, Brian. Go, so what's the question when we're sitting in so a brass The question band? is, so you have a new player in your section, mm-hmm. say in the front row. Say his name might be, I don't know, make something up. Al. Like Al. For example. Al. Like Al. As yeah. an Al. example. Al. Al. And just as an example. Sure. Al uh, Underwood is that his name? <laughs> no. I'm just as long as so, we're making up a name. Al Overmetal. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh my God! <laughs> it's opposite day here on the Open Bell. You're welcome. God. Anyway, so how do you approach telling them that they need to change their sound? Oh my. Like, wow. how do you, how do you, how do you tread? And then I'll, I'll tell you how I do it. Bro, next to vibrato, this is the most personal <laughs> thing that you can say to someone. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, hmm. Joey's given this some thought. I have given this some <laughs> thought. This is a hard one uh, because you're essentially telling them they're not making it. So, uh, so I think the first thing to do is in a volunteer have, group, yeah, in a volunteer group, right. is to get the front row together in like a mini sectional and talk about blending in a large scale environment. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, I and, like and, it. And then like work. Uh, all right, let's try this and this, this and this, and uh, go. Whoever is the corner man, if I'm using that term properly, the person. Sole, it's 2023. Close. It's corner person. You told person. me I brought this up years ago, <laughs> saying you needed to change your stuff. Just say it's the not, corner. Just say the corner. You don't even have to say gender. The last time I brought this up on this podcast, I said, you need to change this second man, corner man stuff. And you guys said, that's the way it is. It's history. Top man. Top man. Right. But now you're saying it's not. No, it's everybody. It's It's top man. But it's still, right? Who's ever on the corner? Yeah. All right. So let's say the person on the corner. (laughs) If we change that, I have to change my last name. Exactly. (laughs) You're Stowe person. Yes. Yes. I'm fine with that. Okay, All right, so clear. I think what you do is you get in you get in a sectional situation with the right. person sitting on the corner, have everybody play together, but then play with the corner and each of them individually, mm-hmm. and see and then see if you can really show the difference. You need to make sure that person can hear and recognize the difference between what they're doing and what everybody else is doing. Yeah, that's the ideal situation. Play yeah. some matching games in a sectional setting. Yeah, awesome. Right? Yep. Exactly. Do that. But I think the problem here with this conversation is you just need a gentle icebreaker to start the conversation. Try something like, look, I don't know how they do things where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> is that or, the sound you're going with or are you working on something? Are you call that a cornet sound? You might start with that. 
so just get it right out there. These are these are beautiful and elegant suggestions. Oh, kind because we're, we're beautiful even. and ele- elegant yeah. people. We're if, nothing. If this nothing else, this, this does not happen by accident. <laughs> no. I'm elegant. Whole, my friend, beautiful team. So, I I think those are great. I that sounds I, like, the way you sounds like there's a. I'm a, I'm a little. I'm a little less subtle. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Wow. It's stereo wearable. And I hate the delay on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's great. So um, my tact is um, here, play this and hand them a new mouthpiece. Oh, my gosh. Wait. It's what I do. You just go right to the WIC 4 solution. Just play this. This is. If you don't like that, I have. Weinberg's WIC 4 protocol. (laughs) I have another one for you in my bag. Here, try this. It's also a WIC 4. You just go right to the mouthpiece. I yeah. It always and, works out. Well, it always works out, or it makes it better. It always makes it better. It gets well, you closer. It gets to them. Well, yeah. So, is the issue really the mouthpiece, or is this just a way that you're using to funnel them into place where you need them? Shockingly, the mouthpiece has a huge amount to do with the British brass sound. So, yeah. front row section. If one person's playing, I don't know something as crazy as. What is that thing? It's a, uh, oh, I can't remember what the name of it is. I put it out of my mind. I tried to write it in a, in an article I wrote. I tried to write the name and said, don't ever play one of these. And I was told I can't have that in, oh, the, in the article. I remember this. <laughs> so oh, I had to take wow. it out. But um, so uh, it, that just won't work. And Al did, you know, he knew he was like, yeah. And I no. just said, play this. And well, um, he's like, now, all he's all in. To be clear, you yeah. let me play my picket British Cornet Cup when I sat yes. next to you. Yes. That was fine. Well, you're, natu- you're, you're naturally you're, dull. You're welcome. <laughs> That's still my the dullness. best story ever. This <laughs> is the mouthpiece. I just still love it. Just what if I ever have trouble going to sleep at night happy, I just think about that story and I can rest this serene. Well, yeah, you're no, not dark, you're dull. Uh, yeah. No, Joey's stop talking. Being all the oh. others. Oh that on the yeah. website. Still all the others. I had a new I had a student here who's trying mouthpieces and he was like, Hey, what are you and so I just pulled it up on the thing and I said, See, it says <laughs> My name. Look, right look, there. I designed this right here. So why aren't you handing them that mouthpiece? Well, I did also, but I handed them Wick 4 first. Mm. Um, so and I said, if you don't like that, I have the alternative that I play. Right. And, and so he's he wanted to just try it. He likes the Wick 4 better. He needs something with a little bit more bite. So, so we're working works. on uh working on our piece for NTC, and I, I may have written a cornet duet nice in the middle of it. The Jasmine May, has to play. May yeah, of course, Jasmine. Yes. And uh, Jasmine and Kate are playing it. And Kate had a cornet mouthpiece, doesn't have a cornet mouthpiece, long story. Anyway, um, so I said, no worries. I'll just I'll order you another one. What size was it? And as Jasmine's walking away, she goes, Wick 4. Cough, cough, Yes. There it is. Exactly. I was like, what size picket cornet mouthpiece did you have? And she goes, it was a wick for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah. All right, Joey, please get us out of this one because 
Well, I really wanted to talk about some British brass band stuff uh, (laughs) and really focus in on the cornet. But yeah, let's do it. Uh, I want to talk about this. It's a a concept that we may have to bring around and turn into a whole episode. Uh, I did master class this week for the trumpets, and I was thinking about what do I want to talk about? What do I want to talk about? We do master class every Monday night for all three studios. I find it interesting that you have to think about what you want to talk about. Well, I, I. don't you already have it locked and loaded when you wake up in the morning? Yes, Well, no, does. I've got a lot in there. I have to decide what one thing. How to whittle it down. It. Yeah. It's prioritizing. I'm sort whittling of. it down because the idea of, you know, I was recently contacted, uh, actually out at NTC this year, there was uh, some mix-ups and cancellations and some stuff. And like, well, Joey, you're going to be there. Would you do a master class? And, and I said, stand up in front of a large group of trumpet players and talk at them for an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, I could, I could probably squeeze that in. So, yeah, I didn't even <laughs> come up with a couple it. ideas. I got I, I've thought about this a lot. So I, I generally think, OK, I want to I want a topic and I want to I know to get one topic. So here's the topic. Uh, and I think I haven't talked to the students, really. I thought it went great. I was happy with how I masterclassed it. So, <laughs> you masterclassed? I like the way I masterclassed it. But I said, I want to talk to you guys. I often call myself an oversimplifier. Like, I want to make things simpler. I said, we're going to talk about how to simplify your practice session as a way of getting better. And I had three different students volunteer to play. I kind of talked about the concept of. Here's the concept I want you thinking of. If you've got something in front of you, instead of trying to think, how hard this is to get through and how am I going to do this? What if you came at it with the overarching concept of I can do this, now I've just got to make it great. And I think way too often trouble players come at it from the wrong end. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of them was playing an excerpt. Um, let's just say, for example, her name was Avery, for example. For example. So like and, and we're into playing, the A and, names tonight. And, and, yeah. and exactly. You, you said Al. I'll just keep going through the alphabet. Al Avery, right? A-L yep. to A-V. So let's say uh, young Avery was playing Petrushka, everybody's favorite excerpt. Yes. So I said, here's what I want you to do. Play it, favorite excerpt. play it, take a break, play it again. So she played it through twice. I said, mm-hmm. how was that? And she said, well, it's not getting me past the first round. And I said, yeah, that's right. Why not? So we yes. took it apart and kind of went, can you just play me this part of it? Can you just play me this part of it? And it sounded great. Like you nice. could see the people in the room like, well, just play me from here out. And everybody in the room was like, eyes go up and like, um, yeah, that's good. That's the way that okay. goes. Play me the beginning of that. Oh, well, that that's really good. <laughs> I said, it's okay. The practice now is to put those things together. So let's talk about how to do that. And that's what you got to go do. But instead yeah. of thinking, I can't play this. Well, you just proved you could play it. Now you just have to put it together. Now the next student up, and I won't take you all the way through. Let's say Ian, for example. Ah, yes. Mm, not with an A. Going with vowel not names. With, yeah. Well, e, uh, I went, uh, you know, yeah. uh, A is the second letter. Yeah, sure. Right. Moved it over. He's working on a solo. He's like, wow, this part, this part, this part. It plays all the way through, and it's uh, okay. And I said, well, show me where you're breathing. I'm not sure you're really breathing. Well, I'm going to go from here to here. Well, great. Just play me there. Killed it. Sounds amazing. What's the next <laughs> breath? We're from here to here. Boom. So it's a longer section. He probably had maybe six breaths. Every time, just saying, well, tell me where you're going to play from. Well, from here to here. Just play me that. Like those little chunks all the way through. Every single little chunk of that sounded like a million bucks. I'm like, um, I don't know what to tell you. You sound terrific. 
way You'll too have often. To fix that. We're complicating things instead of simplifying things. As trumpet players, we're keep trying to make things harder instead of trying to make things easier. Okay. Right? Well, you guys have thoughts on this? Yeah, well, you're into that toxic positivity. <laughs> 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 I heard that this week here at school. I was like, oh, That's yeah. That's funny. Toxic positivity. Yeah. I like it. No, you're absolutely on it. This is why I like to start kind of way out and then only working as far as you need to. Yeah. Ultimately. But you don't need to, like, muddy the waters with a whole bunch of stuff. It's, yeah, it's simpler it, than that. Yeah, how many times you just open up, you look at a, a page full of notes and go, oh, this is going to be hard. Right. Oh, you're lost. <laughs> you're, you're lost before you've ever Already. started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chunk it, break it down, understand it. Absolutely. Yeah. Simplify it. Absolutely. That's funny. Like and it. get yourself a Wick 4. Obviously. Well, well and I put all of them on Wick 4s immediately. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. The other part of that is he can't make he, he can't make trumpet mouthpieces. Who can't? Who? Wick. 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 Well, no. Those are terrible. Yeah. They are, no, they are, not, they are not my yeah. favorite. You can't. If no, somebody's no. making those sound good, they will sound good on anything. Right. Crazy. Yeah. That's nice. All right, all right, Bill, what do you got for us this well, afternoon? Well, interesting. So my uh, my story had to do with a, a breathing thing, too. Uh, but it kind of the discussion led to an interesting place today. So the student, let's just call her, uh, I don't know. So, so this is one I said to the student, you're going on the podcast. She's like, oh, no, no. No, no, no don't make me no, do no, that. No. I'm like, okay, I won't you use your real name. That wasn't a question. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's call her, I don't know, A name? Uh, Annapolis. Anyway. Sure. <laughs> so... She says, working on the spot, and I'm like, okay, that's good. Did the same thing, chunks it up. She goes, well, the problem is is that I don't think I can do that in one breath. I'm like, well, you just did. And she goes, yeah, but I'm going to be more nervous during the performance. And I said, did you say more nervous? Are you nervous <laughs> yeah. right now? Sure. She goes, yeah, you're freaking me out. Yeah, a little Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Why? Well, it's my lesson. I'm like, why are you nervous in your lesson? She goes, there are stakes. <laughs> Wait, there you, are steaks. You could, you could, do they get fries no, or steaks? No offense, Brian. There are steaks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I love you do steaks. Have a, he does have a freezer in his room. Yeah. yeah, I love steaks. Wait, you give steaks out? I want to come take lessons. Yeah, yeah you know, private Catholic school. Thanks. Not on Friday. Money. You, you, you Catholics Not got on that, Friday. Got that Not on Friday. Friday. Not on Friday. No right. Friday. See, if she puts her lessons on Friday, then there are fish. Fish, that's right. <laughs> no longer steaks. Fish fillets and fries exactly. and mac and cheese. <laughs> that's Friday. Anyway... She's like, things are at stake. And I'm like, what? So anyway, we had this really great conversation about it. And it was a really transparent conversation about, well, yeah, like not nervous, but essentially this is important to me. I want to do well in here. It's for a grade. Right. You, I, it matters what you think about me. All those things. And it's interesting, right? Like to think is how students just translate that in. Is that nervousness or is it just them being attentive or you know, we tend to lump sure. things under, is it, you know, is it generally, are you feeling anxious about this? But ultimately, those feelings can be positive because it actually means something to you. I wonder if you yeah. guys, do you talk about this regularly or only when you need to, does it ever come up? Only if students are, are folding in lessons and have done the work and they're like, I don't understand what's happening. When I come through this door, I'm playing differently. Then we then we address it. Yeah. Like, no, this is a safe space. You're supposed to be able to make mistakes and feel fine. And mm -hmm. yeah, I oh, say I refer to a sanctuary. Right. This is yeah. where you want to fold. Oh, and I, I talk about this all the right. time in getting ready for performances that you should plan on being nervous. 
yeah. especially when we're getting for, ready for recitals. But when things are coming up, you know, to, to you know, steal from our good friend Dr. Scott Belk, when do you feel the best? Oh, in rehearsal. Right. So when you're getting ready to perform, you actually want to think not that this is about to be different, that, hey, just like rehearsal. <laughs> so when you come into your lesson, if you find yourself being anxious, nervous, worried about with your professor, you should be thinking just like the practice room. Wherever you're most comfortable, that's where your reference point should be. But absolutely, I talk about this on a very regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how many Important. times it goes un undone, unsaid, unspoken. You know, yeah. but I think it's a, it's a good thing to approach. It's okay to put it all on the table. Well, if they're high you know? functioning too, if they normally play really well, you may not know, may cover it well. Sure. You may not know yeah. that and they then get I guess keyed up for just, the lesson. They're just getting good practice at doing that. You know, maybe yeah. they're already taking advantage of that. You know. Right. Using, using that momentum. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway, it was good. I didn't realize there were stakes. <laughs> I, like I was so excited stakes. to learn there were stakes. Yeah. Again, no offense, Brian. Didn't have to pack a lunch. All right, boys. It's game time, and we're uh -oh. going to call this one no. Take Five. <laughs> nice bumper. You're welcome. I did get a note last week uh, after our spelling bee from our, our good friend, uh, Dr. Joe Nibley. Yeah. Oh, right. Recognized me too. Yeah. Uh, immediately. <laughs> I think I still have it handy here. It was pretty funny. What did he say? ABC bumper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, on it. Yes. Yep. He was all over that. Uh, so take five is a pretty simple game. I have five questions. We're all going to answer. It's sort of like a take on okay. great minds think alike, except right. that I, I don't think we're going to be anywhere near the, the ballpark here. And uh, what do you so mean the ballpark? There's a ballpark where there's, there's one near? singular ballpark where we're going to either going to going to be in the ballpark or you're not. There are tube stakes who, who, and who there's a ballpark. Who, who decides where which ballpark? Well, are we going to be in like Wrigley? Are we going to be in Wrigley, Wrigley Field? We're going to be in Fenway. We're going Tigers, Great American Tigers. Ballpark. Tiger Stadium. Hey, you know what? I asked. I'm going to ask the questions here. Oh my gosh! I'll be asking the questions here. Evidently, we'll get to it. All right, here we go. Number one. Number one. Now, is this something where we all answer at once, or are we writing down and answering later? Writing it down. Thank you, Ed. No, I think yes, yes. You're correct, sir. No, I think we just write them down and then we'll come back to it and compare notes. All right. Question number one. Question number one. If you could learn any skill, what would it be? Any skill? Any skill. And I don't, it doesn't have to be music. Any skill. Whoa. Brian, you can't say playing the trumpet. Because <laughs> first of all, it's not going to happen. No, never going to. Come on. No be, be shot. Real, be realistic. Try not to pick something few. You could put down any neurosurgeon, skill. but don't put down playing the trumpet. Yeah, you have a better that shot. That we could do. <laughs> Brian would be the loudest neurosurgeon. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Got it? Sure. Any skill. Any skill. What would that be? Oh, man. All right. Number two. Number two. If you could be in any movie or TV show in the world, what would it be? And what character would you be? Uh, real time or uh, any time or on right now? A anytime. Movie or TV. Movie or TV. You could be on the big or small screen, and what movie would it be, and what character would you be in that movie? Oh, my gosh. 
Oh my gosh. How the heck do you answer that? that? It's a great question, isn't I got, it? I've got categories. I've given this some thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, big screen, small screen, comedy, drama, sci fi. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, I know you've already categorized these in your brain, but. Okay. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to look up the characters. Okay. Seriously, Brian? What? You don't know the character? If you don't know the name of the character, you don't want to yeah. be it. Yeah, then you don't really want to be that person. Okay. okay. All right, number three. Wrong. If you could go back in history and change one thing that would impact the trumpet as we know it today, what would that thing oh, be and why? trumpet. I thought you were going to say the world, and I have an answer for the oh, world. no. That one I have. <laughs> you have an answer for the world? <laughs> yeah. I'll answer that when we get there. I was going to say, <laughs> we're going to need to know what trumpet? that is. Yeah, yeah specifically about that. the trumpet. Yeah. Specifically about If you could trumpet. change one thing. One thing. That oh, would alter alter our lives as trumpet players. Let's put it that way. Today, what would it be? If you had been present at this one point in time, you know, you, like yeah, I got it. I've got it. Mostly for Brian. Lock, I'm I, I'm I'm re- I'm revolutioning the trumpet. You trumpet as we speak. He's Lee Lock named and loaded. Exactly right. <laughs> All right, number four. Number four. If you could invite four famous people to dinner, who would they be and why? Living or dead or doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Living and dead. Living, Living and, and or dead. <laughs> Four? So yep. the Mount Rushmore people you want to have dinner with. Oh, here we go. <laughs> That's Mount what Rushmore you're dinner. Yes. That's what you said. Yes. Four people. Four people. That's a lot. Is that That's, too many? No. It, it, it's But in the history of the world, only four people? I mean, it's a trumpet podcast. Should we be musicians or no? It can be anybody. It doesn't. I, I think it could be anybody. Okay. That's hard. I'm going to contain mine to trumpet players because otherwise I'll, I'll be here all night. Oh, that's a terrible idea. I don't have any trumpet players on my list. I don't put, have any trumpet players I'm, on I'm my putting, list I'm either. putting four trumpet players on mine that I would wow. love to have a dinner with. We, okay. Should we limit it to trumpet players? No. No. I'm okay. just saying if I don't, I, I don't know how to answer. All right. So hold on. I've only got three. Uh, that's right. Doctor President James okay. Moore pulled pulled over to enter his into his phone. Yeah. He's on his he's driving somewhere. Okay. He just wrote down Kenny Dorham four times. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. That's exactly what he did. You're not wrong. Or three times in Clark Terry. And then Blue Mitchell. <laughs> Blue Mitchell on the fourth one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. And number five. If you could be any other trumpet player on the planet, living or dead, who would you be and why? What? I've worked my entire life to try and be the one I am now, and I'm still wor- and I'm still still working on that. Wow! I'm going to be another trumpet player. Holy mm-hmm. smokes! That's easy. Piece of cake. That one's a guy. I, that thought, was really? it was, I thought it was pretty easy as well. No, four is the hard one for me. Four because you have to limit it so much because you're so limited. Yeah. It's yeah, it's too way too limited. Yeah, it really makes you narrow it down. Yeah. All right, Brian. We're back to the top. Okay. All right. If you could learn any skill, what would it be? To be a rock and roll drummer. <laughs> yeah, we, you could wow. do that. Wow. I have dreams about it. Really? That I'm that? on a stage with a whole setup 
and just thrashing. Hammer down. Hammer down. No, shocking, there's nothing subtle about it. Shocking that he wants to play an <laughs> instrument louder than the trumpet. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, both hands, both feet. Oh, this explains everything about your playing. <laughs> this explains about my articulation. Every, everything. Everything about your playing. Wow, yeah. a rock and roll drummer. Yeah. Well, I love it. I absolutely love it. There's Brian. Do you have tattoos? Uh, no. <laughs> Don't yet. need them. He, he play will too then. well. <laughs> He'll get them later. Yeah. Okay. Joey, what do you got? Okay. I just thought of the funny answer that is actually the true answer. Something Uh-oh. I've always wanted to do is ride a unicycle, and I've never been on one. <laughs> So I want to ride a unicycle. This is what I'm, I'm putting out there. Oh, in the I'm going to need video of that. And what exactly. could possibly go wrong? I know, really. What need... can I break next time? You get to start with the sticks. I, right? I've never done in, any of it. I don't know. Each hand. You do? So, yeah. You get is to there start like with the training sticks. wheels for a unicycle? Sticks. Yeah. He's got a system. Wow. That's what the Brits do, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always thought that would be kind of funny. So when you said, what skill? I thought, you know, I've always kind of thought that would be kind of cool. It just popped right into my head. I wrote down unicycle. Unicycle. Yeah. Wow. Totally. That would be amazing. What do you got for us, Bill? Uh, mine, I think, would be carpentry. Woodworking. That's a boring answer. Yeah, woodworking, carpentry. You want to go be you, Amish? You sent us pictures of that of your work. You want to yeah. go raise a barn or something? Yeah. All right. But I mean, no, I'll, you like, want to do fine really carpentry. Learn the skill, like yeah, yeah, serious stuff. Oh. Yeah. Bird houses. Well, the bird houses are cool, but sure. Yeah, Fair enough. Those out in an afternoon. Wow, Brian. I think Brian wins that round. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, Ten definitely. points. Yeah, ten points to uh, ten to, points uh, to Brian. Hufflepuff there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> All right, number two. If you okay. could be in any movie or TV show in the world, what would it be, and what character would you be? Okay, I'm sorry, this is really bad. Oh no, I'm going to be well, mad at him. I I would be in The Wire. Oh my! Oh, and I would be Stringer Bell. That's a great call. Yeah, Stringer Bell. That's a great character. Yeah, he's a great character. I love so smart, oh, so on top of belt. things, so organized. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay. So ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those of you who haven't seen The Wire, you should you should see You're the doing wire. it yeah. wrong. Yeah. Holy full smokes. Disclo- you're full doing disclosure. It wrong. I'm I'm doing it wrong. Oh, five seasons. All Are on you H- kidding? On HBO. You, this is great oh, television. Bill. Great television. You should see this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great call. And actually, the actor who played him just, just passed away last year. Yeah. Eastman Grant. Oh, wow. Graduated right before I got there. He graduated May. I came in in September. I didn't know him, but I had friends who knew him. Mm. He's a lot prettier than I am. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) He could probably play the drums. I mean, that's a low bar to be honest. He could probably play the drums. Probably play the drums. (laughs) Already. Already. (laughs) Not like you. No. He'll get there. All right, Joey. I can't wait to hear this. Okay, this was this is this is a hard question. So, uh, in the very limited time, I gave this a lot of thought, and, and I, I thought to myself, "All right, I don't want to be in a movie unless it's a long franchise because I'd like some staying power. One movie, that's all you get." Huh. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to go TV show, but I need something that's going to be on for a while, and a character that's really great in a series that I really like. Colonel so Palmer. those are my those are my conditions I put upon myself. Right. Okay. And then it became obvious. Star Trek Next Generation, I'll be Captain Picard. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Think of all the stuff that guy got to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. A, amazing I not, career. I did not see that. Oh, I, no, I didn't see that coming at all. No, no. It's a no-brainer. Not no at brainer. 
How is that a no-brainer? I... Because it's a long series, so you you get a lot of you get a lot of episodes. You get to do yeah. a lot of stuff, yeah, and yeah. he's in charge of a lot of great stuff and got to do an amazing amount of cool stuff. No-brainer. Okay. Interesting. Easy. Wow. Star Trek: Next Generation, which, by the way, you should you should watch that too. That's a great series. Great it is a good series. series. Great yeah. TV series. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the follow-up of Picard later on that they just did on Paramount Plus for the last three years, which was kind of fun. I, I had that, that jumped that. the shark for me. I could not do it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't last bad. that many air episodes. All right, do you know where the phrase jump the shark comes from? Yes. Yes. Happy that's, a, that's right. That's a TV reference to yes, Happy it is. Days. Fonzie right. jumped a shark. <laughs> While wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> Literally, awesome. yeah. All right, Bill, what do you got for us? What, I what? think you guys know you're not going to be surprised by this. Breaking away? No. <laughs> <laughs> but which character? Referencing yes. Bloomington. That's a the Italian movie. who hammered him with this. With that's yes. a Bloomington, Pump. Indiana movie right there. <laughs> that sounds about right. No, I would be full on, without a doubt, number one on the list, Raylan Givens and Justified. Oh, oh yes, you're going. You would. That's you're going of course, course. totally Raylan. Yes. You just Come want the on. hat. You just want a hat. The hat's cool. The hat's good. <laughs> So is everything else. I you will just want say, to count down and then shoot people. Yeah, <laughs> I gave him three seconds. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. So my, my wife and I we had both watched that separately, and then the, the new season came out, which we watched. What the three of us watched partly together. Yeah, in Nashville. Uh, yeah. And without giving anything away, my wife said, uh, "Hey, I watched the first two episodes, but I really miss Boyd Crowder." And I, oh. and I said, "Of course you do. Mm-hmm. Boyd's great." Right. And without giving anything away, if you miss Boyd, you got to watch this series. Stick with it. Stick just it out. Stick with it. I'm just telling you right now, it's worth it. You're welcome. Oh, man. What's I that on? What is it? It's on series. Hulu? What's it on? Is that on Hulu? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think we watched it on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. If you haven't seen Justified, just we go just right back Hulu to the We just got Hulu again. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That is a great series. All right. Number three. If you could go back in history and change one thing that would impact the trumpet as we know it today, what would that be and why? Can you guess what I'm going to say? You would, yeah, I can, but I'll let you say it. You're, yeah, go. I, I want to see you're if going. you. I, see I know where you're going with. I this. know where you're going to. I'd keep Armstrong on the cornet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> Come on, really? Uh, it's so good, so right? Then, so then. Uh, all of jazz history gets changed where the the cornet is the jazz instrument of choice, not the it, trumpet. And it would and it would have been. There you go. Yeah. Think about that's profound actually. There we go. Cuz it would have been. That's pretty good. All over it. Yeah. That, that that's not bad. That would that would be a major change of trajectory. See? Yeah. About it. Yeah. That's change answer, the course Brian. of history. Yeah. That's yeah. a good answer. But instead you were just left in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joey, what's yours? Okay, first, I want to answer this in human history, not in trumpet history, because I've given that some serious thought. Okay. If you consider how we think about and power ourselves as human beings, Mm -hmm. right? If we go back to the dawn of civilization, we essentially had two choices. We could either dig dig in the ground and start burning stuff, or look up into the sky and use the giant fireball 93 million miles away, 93 right. million miles away. Right. And we chose to start digging in the ground and burning stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and Almost this right there. is causing us a lot of problems and has for a long time. It, this wars are fought over this and there's all kinds, you know, now we have to deal with climate change and all these kinds. And a lot of that comes from, well, we dig in the ground and burn stuff. That's how we power. 
What if we go back to the dawn of civilization and said, huh, what if we used a big fireball in the sky for power instead and figured that out then? But this is assuming that the Neanderthals could have come up with, like, you know, batteries. No, not even batteries, but just a way to use the... Not, I mean, eventually, sure. Right. But, well, even, just, just, but even just using the sun for power. Well, but that's can you saying, repeat how the would question? They collect it? How would they collect it? Well, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what they started. The they thing. need to start working on that earlier. Rather that should have been digging. the overarching concept earlier instead of dig and burn. See, look, look yeah. up and look, use. Larry, Larry, great idea, but I'm cold now, okay? And uh, <laughs> when that thing goes away, we can't even count on it. We're going to have to burn something here. It gets colder. It gets colder. <sighs> yeah, that's where I'm missing the point. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, what's so, your trumpet answer? My trumpet one is this. If you think about the way the trumpets are built, the reason that we have three valves is because that's the minimum number, the minimum number we need to connect all of the notes on the overtone series. All the harmonic series, yeah. Right? Okay, right. Yeah. But it's not really the ideal amount to actually build a horn that plays in tune with itself. Mm. Right? So if you think about how we do it, we do, you know, the second valve is a half step and the first valve is a whole step and the third valve is a step and a half. But that one's a little compromised, which is why, especially on low Ds and low C sharps, we need to throw that slide a little bit. Right? Yep, mm-hmm. we're there. So I want to make the third valve the Where's exact right length. <laughs> And then I want a fourth valve. Fourth valve. There it is. That is down a minor, th- a major third, because <laughs> so that fourth valve would be E flat and A flat. Right. Because then we would only need to use two valves for four notes on the horn. Mm. For low D, low C sharp, low G, low F sharp, you know, uh, down uh, at the bottom of the horn. That's I was told it. I was told there'd be no math. No, you you were lied to. <laughs> There's math. But if we could do that. And you somebody did this. this someone actually did this. There, somebody actually did this in the 80s. He showed up and, and, and did a master class at, at Eastman. Uh, I'm, I'm sure other places. I just happened to see him then. Sure. And he explained this. It's like, look, we build these all the right length. This horn actually is easier to play in tune if you just play it right down the middle. And Barbara said, who wants to try this? And I'm like, I would like to try that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, the fingerings are different. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> and I you said, already I kinda, knew. I've kinda already kinda played, thought about this. Played up some scales and played up some scales and did some stuff like that. It was a good solid trumpet. It's a better idea, but we're so entrenched. Doesn't how, fun, how Bill do Fund things. have one of those? No, the four valves everybody makes now. The fourth valve is down a fourth, so it basically oh. substitutes for one and three. What I'm saying is make the fourth valve a major third, so it's the same as what we think of as two and three right now. Right, but it'd be the right length. Well, why didn't they do it down a? Why not call Bill? All right, I'll get right on this. Yeah, yeah, he'll build you one. Okay, that's what I that's what I would Total do. So, that, so we would be playing we'd be playing with different fingerings now, but we wouldn't have the same tuning issues on any of the horns. Right. That's what but, I would do. Right, but we would also be be doing it all with solar power if you had your way. So. Exactly right. <laughs> so right. Solar powered so trumpets. Right. He wants a solar powered fourth valve. Exactly. The B flat trumpet. <laughs> that is exactly what I want. We still call it the B flat trumpet. We can. We, I like the same on C trumpet too. I want a right. four valve C as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, Bill. What are you going to do? I would make sure that I was there the day the mute was invented and de-invent it. <laughs> de-invented. I would. I, hold on. Hold on. Block. I would like now to use the word unvented. If you invented, <laughs> I, I, you want to unvent it. Uninvent. Well, uninvent, uninvent. it 
would means that it sort of it happened, and then I would have to undo it. No, I'm it. saying unvent it. Unvent it altogether. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. If not for Chris Legault, I'd be in a worse place with this. But Chris, right? But Chris, Chris makes does, great mutes. He makes he great, makes and, great and mutes stuff. aren't always mutes aren't always it's just about just, playing softer. It's about uh, making a different sound. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But I I get where you're going. I understand yeah. your concept. I, That's I, the name I, of the podcast. If yes. I was, yeah. If I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I were there, I'd be like, this is no. We can't do the no. But then, how are we going to practice idea. in hotel rooms? Well. There wouldn't be any hotel rooms, right? Not at what, that what, point in time. I don't think there were but hotel there are rooms. now, right? But without the mute, without the without possibility the mute, in anyone's mind, it would just, it, just be what it would be. It would change the course of history. There would be no hotel rooms. <laughs> <laughs> the mute would mean lack of mute. Changed no, everything. No, no, no one ever no stays hotels. away from home for any extended <laughs> period right. of time. Yes. <laughs> oh, See, okay, there are I, people that do I, this that, kind of I thing. I totally follow that. They're called <laughs> they're called futurists. Yes. Right. Oh, I attended it. an online thing. You're the opposite of that. From Stanford during the pandemic that were futurists and they were talking about this kind of stuff. Okay. Like things about like the impact that something has. Like, for example, electric dr- cars that drive themselves. Yeah. Not just electric cars, but cars that drive themselves. Those do have some impacts. Oh, that's brilliant. But see, now you start to realize, okay, these are all the things that happen, right? Either fewer accidents or more accidents or, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's consequences. Insurance companies? Right. Who takes the liability? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's never the insurance companies, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. You need the insurance lobby on this mute problem. There we go, see? <laughs> That'll take care of everybody. Now you're thinking... No hotels. I could have crushed the hotel industry. Just by unventing the mute. Unventing the mute. I like it. I thought I'm de-inventing. I don't know. I'm going to have to live with unventing. I like unventing. All right. Four famous people to dinner. Who would they be and why? Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't need to tell you. Four people who have never been in my kitchen. (laughs) You're out. out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Cliff Clavin. Oh, my gosh. All right, you guys ready? Go. Jesus, Mandela, Churchill, and Madame Curie. Holy crap. Wow. Come on, think about that conversation. My list is going to be really interesting after that. (laughs) You you, you have two problems. (laughs) Only two? (laughs) Well, uh, assuming we're just going to suspend disbelief when we get all these people into your kitchen. Yes. What language are you going to be speaking? Yeah, I there's a translator there. Okay, got to be because you've got use Google. Yeah, right. Google <laughs> use Google Translate because you've got you've got. I mean, Mandela spoke English, so you're in good shape there. Yes, but you know, French, uh, English, Hebrew. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. That is quite a list. That I think we could get get around it. Madame Curie would go on and on about how she would like to unvent the mute. Yes. The trumpet mute. <laughs> and then there'd be my no, son-in-law dis- there'd went, be no uh, disease. <laughs> right. My son-in-law and I went to the um, the Churchill War Rooms um, oh. in London. We were there. As unbelievable. What he did was, uh, was outrageous. You're going to have to have cigars there if Churchill's there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He was great in The Crown. <laughs> so you've seen that but you haven't seen the wire yeah that's not okay yeah i was gonna I say just, that's not I know you okay you guys have told me about the wire i just kept forgetting to watch it, it. you got to get on that 
Come All on. Right. Yeah. I'll get on the I'll get on the wire. Yeah. Get on the wire. Let's I just want to say again, I know I go last year, but let's just keep Brian's list in mind when I <laughs> when I read my list. <laughs> okay. All right. As I said, I was going with trumpet players. Otherwise, there's or no way to do players. this for me. So, uh, first, I want to go with I want Miles Davis. And here, and listen, obviously, mm. Miles Davis was amazing. Miles Davis always seemed to be kind of a controversial figure as well. So, I've heard mixed r- reports from people who actually had dealt with him one on one that seemed to say a lot of what we see of Miles in the press and publicly was not what he was like as a person. And I want to have dinner and find out what he was like as a person. Yes. And also as somebody who's like inventing jazz for more than half a century, kind of cool, right? Mm, That's awesome. I also want somebody funny there. Also a trumpet player. I want Dizzy Gillespie there because, I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's Dizzy Gillespie. I did get to meet Dizzy Gillespie when I was a kid once, just in passing, like at a thing. And I thought, this guy's cool. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm totally in Dizzy Gillespie, right? He's yeah. nice. So uh, now we, we got to go back. Wait, I wrote these down. <laughs> in categories. I Our want Cat Anderson works. there because oh. there's so much mystery around Cat Anderson. You know how that we, actually works. Uh, you know, there's all the the uh, high note stuff, but there are lots of videos out there and recordings of him like as a straight ahead jazz player, and he's really good. Yeah. So mm. I think that gets lost. I want to talk. I want to talk trumpet with Cat Anderson, and I want to. And I also heard he was fairly secretive, like didn't like to tell people what kind of mouthpiece and kind of keep it hidden. Didn't really talk Very, a lot. Yeah. So it's like I want I want to hang out with Cat Anderson. Like I he wanna, would put I, in I, he'd put in a one B if anyone walked near his trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> no one would do such a thing. <laughs> that would be outrageous. That would be terrible. That would be absolutely horrible. And this one's hard for me. I started playing trumpet right when Bill Chase died. Right, yeah. so the Chase albums are amazing, and I love them. Mm-hmm. But boy, the the Woody Herman band stuff in the early '60s—that's some of the best lead playing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to Chase. Like six, I want to hang. Out. That was a six, right. eight, there's eight. a secret, right? But I want to, I like, I want to hang out and talk. I want to talk shop with these guys and get to know what kind of people they were. So, so do those you think are, it would? And devolve? I could have, I could easily leave twenty more, but those are the four that kind of popped. Sure. Up near the top of the list. Geek fest. Do you think it would devolve into a mouthpiece conversation between eventually? Cat and Bill? Eventually, s- somebody's going to go to Cat. Okay, come on, spill it. Like, what are you actually playing? Well, show that? us the mouthpiece. Put it on the table right what, now. What is that? Yeah, <laughs> and he'd have it with him. And, he and the funny part is, he pulls it out, be like, "It's a Bach three C. What's your problem?" So, <laughs> 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 so those are my four. I had to go trumpet. It's wow. a trumpet podcast. Otherwise, I'd be wow. here. I'd never be able to limit it down. And even that, limiting that down, was hard. But I'm That's confident amazing. that I would enjoy that dinner. So, yeah. Bill, what do you got for us? I will. Okay. So because it's a trumpet podcast. Yeah. You have no trumpet players. George nope. Carlin, Johnny oh. Carson, Dave Chappelle, and Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You went total comedy. Oh, that's great. That would be a great meal. That would be an amazing dinner. That would amazing be amazing dinner. Meal. Yes. Okay. That would be really good. That's great. That would right? be a great dinner. Yeah. Yeah. You're, okay, you would break good. a rib. You would definitely break I a rib at totally, that meal. Yeah, that's that's a list. That's a yeah. good list, right? Your there. pasta would come up your nose too. <laughs> you would laugh so hard. Yeah. That would be. All right. One final question: If you could be any other trumpet player on the planet, who would it be, and why? Wow. This is super difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because again, huh? Joey's got categories. Yeah. Tom Stevens. Oh, Tom. Wow. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think a little short-sighted, though. 
<laughs> really? Tom, Tom Stevens existed in modern times, and we exist in modern times, so we know yes. what modern times are like. Yeah, that's true. That's why I chose Godfrey Reicha. You would too. I want to be Bach. All those choices, <laughs> but right, but Bach. I get to know Bach. Yeah, I get to yeah, be around in that choice. time and know what that music sounded like at the time it was being written, and I'm Bach's cat. Right, you're yeah. the cat. Come you're on, cat. come yeah, that's, on. That's pretty good. We all know what Bill's choice is. We you don't know, even have to guess. No, I no, I'm not going to do that. But you're not going to do that. You know, you know, Rika had double Position. C's, right? Of course. of course he did. Of course he did. He could drill those all yeah. day. Yeah, and did. And did. Right. And in the rehearsal, while Bach was writing the music for the yeah. service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I went Maurice Andre. Ooh. Well, hard to argue with that. I'm yeah. saying, yeah, like yeah. I, just all those. That was the first, in terms of classical playing, like that was the first record, the first person I heard do all that stuff in the yeah. piccolo playing. It's right. like, yeah. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, that's right. a thing. Still, and still, still listening to those recordings. I'm like, holy moly, that's amazing. Yeah, that it's stuff ridiculous. Yeah. What stands up. Yeah. yeah, I think I won that round. I'm picking that one. What really with Gottfried oh. Rika? Yeah, no brainer. <coughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Not well, Brian's still, Brian's rock drumming still might be the best answer <laughs> yeah. of the day. That might, that's definitely, I, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> no. That could, I don't know what it is. I just look at those winner. guys and I'm like, oh, yeah. There it is. Shirtless, no, no shot ever. Shirtless Brian on the bandstand. <laughs> that's yeah, something anybody <laughs> needs to think about. <laughs> nice. All right, boys, time for a couple things. You know, for the most part, uh, we all get to share the stuff that is important to us on this podcast. And as listeners, you probably have a pretty good idea what each of us think about certain topics. But we thought it would be great to create some focus on different aspects of our pedagogy and then share that with you, our loyal listeners. So you may recall we've done a similar thing a couple seasons ago, but things, you know, they might have changed. And many of you are new, and we keep reinventing ourselves. So for this part one of this three-part series, we bring you... Boring, painful, and brilliant. Brian's pedagogy. <laughs> oh my god! That's going to be the name of your autobiography. Wow. Now it's going to be on my tombstone. Lest you think that Joey and I are just going to bash Brian for the duration of this episode, they are. You may be right, and I mean <laughs> that's that exactly what's normal. That's exactly what we're going to do. But let's also put it out there that we both now currently work with students that Brian has taught, and we are both thrilled to have them. Yeah. That so. is true as well. And that's the last nice thing we're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, it should be. That, that's not really not Brian. That just shows that what really dedicated that students can do. The perseverance of the human spirit yeah. is what that's, that's about. Right. Exactly. Despite the to, horrible to training. Spite, according <laughs> to, to Bill last week. To spite <laughs> Brian's to face. To spite Brian. <laughs> exactly. So, well, Brian, boring, painful, and brilliant. Talk about your pedagogy. <laughs> <laughs> wow! What a title! Holy crap! <laughs> the other titles are also great. Um, people enjoy the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's um, it's really it's not that difficult to put into words what what your what my pedagogy is and what you're trying to trying to get across. It does take some time, and if the pedagogy is deep enough, you it you know you have to sift through a few things, but. 
so I, I thought about sort of why I think the way I do and why I do what I do in, in lessons and how, and how I teach. And I guess the, the premise for me is everything is about making music. And what does that mean? Um, it's great if you can get somebody to forget about the fact that you're playing a trumpet. They think they know how it sounds. They think they know how it makes a line. Um, and if you can get somebody to forget about that, then you're, you're really on a next level. But if, if you're looking for examples of what to do making music wise in the classical side, right? I'm a classical weenie, as Scott Belk says. Um, mm -hmm. It's um, it's important, I think, to listen to violinists and singers and cellists. I think that's where we get our our ideas. And so I'm interested in how you make a meaningful connection musically. I think that's my sort of drive. Um, underneath that is basic understanding of time, pitch, musical line and style. Now I will say that I don't often get to do this with students right away. It takes some time to really get deep into discussions about musical line and how we play chamber music, how we address issues, how we make musical issues. It takes time. And I think that comes from my inability as a human to sit <laughs> to sit and listen to a terrible trumpet sound mm. i just can't do it and um and i also i just can't do it and i also can't sit and watch a student play with a dysfunctional face um i just find those two things extremely difficult i think that at its core, sound is about is a is a window into your physical technique. So if you're playing with a a sound that is wonderful and great, it means that your technique is correct, um, however you think about it. And I have, for better or for worse, been able to help students who have some very strange ideas about how the trumpet operates and play with sounds that I just find not okay. I've been able to help them um, play with a different sound um, pretty rapidly. Um, I have developed this reputation. I heard the other day that somebody calls somebody called Rowan embouchure you. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> and uh -oh. I was like, I was like, well, you know, I do get a certain number of people I'm willing to take a chance on. Um, and I have had people who come to me um, who say, look, I need to fix this. And they're pointing at their face. Um, I know it, the mouthpiece is in the wrong place or the lips are doing something wrong. And I have developed a reputation of doing that. Some people think they need to switch their face and I'm, they don't actually. They have other, other issues. Um, and so I am willing to delve into the really nitty gritty detail of of how we make this thing go um and there are some basic ideas i call them um i call them the 10 things we're looking for or the 10 things you have to do to be a great brass player um you have to play with a great sound you have to play with range you have to have endurance you have to have flexibility and that means um for me moving from note to note without changing valves or articulating um 
you have to have great articulation. Um, you have to have finger dexterity. You have to play with great time um, and rhythm. You have to play with a great, great pitch intonation. Um, you have to have great dynamics, which I think is a, a skill you have to develop. And then you have to play with great musicianship. I call it the 10 things. So I want to address all of those things in um, a series of practice sessions in a day. Um, and I'm asking my students to do that on a, on a regular basis. Um, if I can talk about um, the development of skills, right? Yeah. This is what we do. We're asking people to develop skills, physical skills. Mm -hmm. And there's some really fascinating research out. And um, there are some really fascinating books that really inform what I do teach how I talk about it and how I think students should develop it. Um, one of the books that I, I read way back in, man, I want to say like eighth grade, I read The Inner Game of Tennis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fascinating book. And I've sort of held on to those ideas about um, when you're physically trying to make your face do something or make your tongue go to a certain spot or make your chops do a certain thing that you necessarily are doing too much. Um, and that that may be a good first way to think about it, but eventually you have to get away from, from thinking about that. And your brain needs to be focused on something else. Um, so for me, that's singing. I think it's the quickest way to get to a musical line. I think it's a great way to get away from the physicality of what we're doing um, and um, to project something away from the physicality of making the instrument go. Um, the other book that I, I recommend is The Talent Code. I think the research that spawned that book um, I think in 2001, I think is super helpful and super interesting. Um, and there've been lots of research studies since then. Um, it's a great research study at Houston on pianists and practice techniques that I think is super helpful. Um, and so I think those two books are really important. Um, I think in terms of skill development, there's a, there's a really interesting podcast I've spoken about it before called the golf science lab. Mm -hmm. And in their first season, um, they talked to two um, researchers, um, Dr. Gabriella Wolf and Dr. Rebecca Lithwaite. In um, if you go back and listen to episodes seven and eight from their first season. So golf science lab um, that those two episodes changed the way I deal with students in the studio and in rehearsal. Um, one of them was on motivation and, um, and how it impacts motor learning. And the other one was just on different ways of thinking about motor learning and where you focus um, in the process of motor learning. So um, some of those things that came out were really fascinating to me. One of them um, was the idea that if you're, if a student is just in your office and playing and you're ever negative. You say, no, that's not right. Don't do that. Um, if you, if you're ever negative, you are impeding learning. If the student has asked you, how am I really doing? What do I really need to do? 
then that part of the study allows for you to go do a deep dive and to be completely honest. So that changed the way I, the way I taught. So in rehearsal, an ensemble would play something. It's clear that the horn players or the cornet players hadn't practiced their parts. They didn't know what was happening. Um, and instead of saying, no, that's not right. I said, okay, nice try. Let's try it this way. Or could you think about these things? Um, just that subtle change um, made things very different in the ensemble rehearsal. Um, and even for students who weren't trying, and this is true, turns out to be true in any situation. So division one football, if you don't think your defensive backs are working hard enough and you're screaming at them, um, that's impeding their learning, regardless of what you think about their motivation. Um, and you have to figure out a different way. You can figure out a different way that will help their learning. Um, the other part of it was, um, went right back to the talent code and about for me and singing. And that is, if you're trying to learn a physical skill, the farther away from the locus of that skill that you can think and project, the easier it is for you to learn, the faster you learn, and the more fluid you'll be. So you'll be more natural. So this idea for me of can you put your sound in the back of the hall? So I was always taught blow the sound to the back of the hall. I think it's terrible advice. But if you imagine your sound at the back of the hall, that's a very different physical environment. And then that gets you away from thinking about how you move all of these muscles. Um, so more air. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, 7C and more air. That's well, all this I'm is hearing the, from this. This is the thing <laughs> for me. The thing is that, you know, I, and I've said this before, I could bench press 250 pounds in school. I could blow really hard on the trumpet and that did not help anything with how I played. Mm. Um, and so I, I think that when we default to that, I mean, it's, we default to that because people just don't know what else to do. Um, and, uh, and that's a shame. You should, you should be with more people who have more pedagogy. Um, but if you're thinking about, um, you know, I, I talk about Rumpelstiltskin. You breathe in air, and you're and you're exhaling tone, how, right? How, there, you're spinning, spinning. There we air go. Get me into, to Rumpelstiltskin here. Yeah, you're spinning, spinning straw into gold, right? You're spinning air into tone, um, and so I'm not trying to ask them to breathe in air and then blow out air, and then it will result in tone. I want them to process that as sound coming out not air coming out and that produces tone. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, I also understand that there are some basic things that I see a lot of my students doing physically incorrectly. One of them is where they place their tongue in their mouth. And um, the tongue is a partially involuntary muscle. And so if you're not thinking about it, it will do what it does, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, and I think that I don't have to make my students put their tongue in a specific place because everybody has different shaped tongue, different shaped mouth. But I, most of my students need to somehow be aware of where their tongue is. Um, and many of my students play with a tongue position that is way too far forward and way too high. 
many of them actually have the tongue resting somewhat on the bottom lip. Um, and that's, uh, there are people in the world who make that work. I acknowledge that. I mean, if you haven't heard the Bob Civiletti, Civiletti um, CD uh, hot of the, um, the hot art of the high Baroque, mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. a staggering CD. And he does the tongue controlled embouchure um, where he's pushing on the bottom lip to close the aperture and adjust the aperture. And it's outrageous playing. Um, but so I get into the nitty gritty of what's happening. Um, I have a lot of students who will take a big breath and they are convinced somehow that the speed of that turnaround to get the sound out is like the most important thing. And so they consequently do this like squeezing thing of turning the air around. Um, and I just don't think they're aware of it. I found something to be really effective for those students is when you take a breath, I ask them to go into slow motion at the top of the breath. And it's a very strange feeling for them, but it just puts them, I did it with a student today. Um, it just puts them in a different physical space where they're not clamping down on the air. Um, and I found it to be very effective. Um, I have some older students who have come back to the instrument. Um, I have some older students who went to very prestigious schools and have never heard some of these things and wish that they were helped more. Um, it's been really interesting, um, that part of the process. So I will do really specific um, things in in lessons. And I'm also grounded, I think, in the basics of playing and I don't have a problem doing very basic playing myself or with my students. So we spend a lot of time doing Clark. We spend a lot of time doing just playing low C. If you spend a bunch of time playing low C or G and you can get a sound that is really clear, it translates, right? It The physicality of what that means it's very hard to play with a really beautiful sound on those two notes with the wrong t physical technique, chops yeah. too tight, tongue in the wrong place, air. Mm -hmm. And so if I can get them to make a sound in, then we can move that around. Um, so same thing happens with articulation. I believe all articulation is speech patterns. So the way you speak, it can inform and should inform the way you articulate on the instrument. Um, and I think that's true because the tongue, the signal we send to the tongue, I think is important. Um, if you're trying to make your the tip of your tongue hit the roof of your mouth behind your top teeth and pull it back for every stroke of articulation, or you're trying to make the tongue do this physical oscillation, multiple tonguing, I think um, you're doing too much. But if you say ta, and you actually say that in your head as you're playing um, and observe what the tongue is doing, you're much more likely to get to a clear articulation. You going to ask so, a question, Bill? Yeah. yeah. I, well, it's just that I think we all do this to a degree, but I think you're how much of your what you're doing with students is balance this balance of the things that you really believe to be 
the the absolutes, right? Your pillars of what you're aiming for. But how much of it has been driven by the kind of students or the nature of the student that you get there? How much has that informed what you're doing? It's a, it's a great point. I think my pedagogy has definitely evolved. I mean, this is year 23. I think a huge amount of what I thought about the trumpet in general was informed by um, joining Trombamundi. And I mean, that was one of the most remarkable changes in my perception about what happens on the trumpet and what's possible. Um, so um, I think that I do have students who are willing to engage in this really deep dive into wanting to be better on the instrument. Um, you know, I tell this, I mean, I tell the story of students who got into no other programs and and then come through the program and work really hard and are putting in all the time and we do all of these changes chop changes changes in how they breathe how, where the tongue goes um which i'm sure happens other places um but literally denied by every, by every other place they applied to and um and then turn into like real real players um and i think that's i'm i find that to be fascinating and i think that even the students who are um, who are not going to be players, as it were, they're um, people say, "Well, they're just going to be teachers." I'm like, "Well, there's that's where you and I differ. I think that's the most noblest thing they can do is is to go teach in the public schools. I think, mm -hmm. you know, those people need the most attention and the most care and the most support. And I try to champion them. I don't need them to be able to play Tomasi." But if they can play with a beautiful sound and they understand what it means to attack problems and play with um, style and musical line, they're going to translate that to some really amazing things in the public schools. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't students are not auditioning here and Juilliard, right, or here in Curtis. Um, so that's not a thing I'm I'm worried about. Um I don't mind coaching excerpts and solos. I enjoy that process. Um, I have had people come and play for me and I've helped people. Um, but that doesn't really, right, that doesn't really make me excited about teaching the trumpet. The idea, I had a student in here, let's just call him Jack today. He made a sound he's never made in his life um, today. And he was just the look on his face was, was worth the, the time um and uh so i i enjoy that and i think yes the pedagogy has been driven by the needs and i think it should be mm -hmm. um of, of my yeah. of my my gang um they have responsibilities in orchestra and in wind ensemble and they play big literature and they're doing shostakovich five and they, they're doing dvorak new world and the Mahler one and mm -hmm. so like they have res playing responsibilities that we have i have to get them ready for um, and they have, there's somebody's got to play lead in the big band. <laughs> so know? I, unlike Joey, who you have to play a double C to get into his studio, and that's his starting point. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah, that's that's exactly pretty how much that works. The, well, yeah. Right. That's it. So it's a different. You're playing a different game uh, on, on a right on a, on a one that's bored out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are programs like that, right? The entrance right. to some programs is: can you play Honiger all the way down? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've talked. I talk about this with students an awful lot. That yeah. I, I think to get in here. Uh, and you know we have different programs. Um, I say if you walk in here and play great, you're gonna get in, right? Because we're a big school and we're not turning away great players. Now there are 
a couple of programs in this country that are so small and so high a level that you can play great and not get in. Right. Yeah, you can be a great player who will yeah. be successful in the industry, will make a totally. living as a player, and you can't get into that school. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that idea of, you know, so let me ask you this, Brian, because people, yeah. people ask me this. I want to ask you this. So when students come and they're auditioning for you, what are you looking for that you're going to say, that's a student I want to work with and I'm going to take them? Well, it's fascinating if a student has done their homework, no matter how they play, um, if they clearly know how the piece goes, they can, they're pushing down all the buttons, they're playing with good time, they have good pitch. If they don't play the trumpet particularly well, I'm going to take a chance on them. My teacher, um, my, the teacher I studied with from um, seventh grade all the way through high school was the teacher at Eastern Michigan University. Uh, Carter Eggers. He's he's retired a few years now. Um, he taught for, I think, 50 years there. Um, and he said he always thought that in Michigan, you know, there are great players in Michigan, there are great mm -hmm. trumpet programs in Michigan, and um, amazing um, support for high school programs and lots of lessons. And he always thought that, he said, we could go in a room with all the trumpet players in Michigan and all the college trumpet teachers in Michigan. And I would let every one of those teachers pick whoever they wanted and pick mm -hmm. the entire studio. And I am happy to take everyone else and I will teach them and I will make them great. Right. And yeah. I, I've kind of always thought that I did have a colleague here a few years ago who said, I never once have taught at Rowan, the students I want to teach. And I that's thought, not, what a, terrible yes terribly yeah, sad tough. way to live your career i love my students i think they're amazing i am often frustrated with them they're often frustrated with me i think that's <laughs> sure. part for the course yeah. um but i think they're amazing and what they i never tell them it's difficult i never say this is going to be hard i ever i just expect that they'll meet expectations they'll meet this level and they constantly amaze me. Um, and uh, I, I find that very fun. You know, the, I, I have very, very good students who've graduated and gone on to programs. I have flunked a semester or two while they're here. Mm -hmm. They just didn't work. And, you know, I'm sorry, I can't reward not working. Yeah. If you're working, great. We can, we can do some stuff. Does that answer your question, Bill, it a little bit? That yeah. answer yours, Joey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I, I, what I've appreciated about you, Brian, is that like you, we're all happy to do the fundamental thing. We, we kind of, you know, we love teaching the, that aspect of the trumpet. But yeah. I, I think you have been in the position, especially the way you've talked about it, where that's been the the majority of what you've had to do to build the studio and get it where it is, and and your commitment to that is really remarkable. I mean, I do love teaching that, and I love hearing, it, and I don't have a problem playing Clark all day, every day. I don't have a problem do that. I don't have a problem teaching transposition. I don't, I, I, I was teaching key signatures today. I don't have a problem doing that. I'm totally right. fine. There is a place in the world for students who come from programs where the teachers failed them. Um, and I'm, I'm, I enjoy that part of the process. Well, um, I'm sure I've told the story in here before, and I know you encountered this too. You know, a student after four years looks back and goes, you know, why did you take me? Right. <laughs> like, actually, I, 
I tell, were you thinking? I, I've never you know? done this. I should have started this this year. Uh, I tell everybody in their first lesson, I say, think back what you sounded like when you were a freshman in high school. And they all go, oof. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, right. Now think about how much better you got. Now we're about to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. So when they get to their senior year, they're, they're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I, now I can do this. I'm doing this. And all those things I thought I could never be able to figure out. Right. That's what it's for. That's what college is for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do have students who've come back and said, well, I wish I had done X the first semester when you told me to do that. I had that problem this that yeah. that question this that guy happens. who's playing lead in the in the big band he's drilling f's and g's he sounds great he's got a tongue position issue that i talked to him about the first three four semesters he was here and he's now like he had changed he addressed it and he sounds different he has a much bigger more open sound and he said i can't articulate anything <laughs> Yeah, and he said you should have told me this before, and I was like, um, he said, no, I know you've been telling me this for four years. I like, I like this guy already. <laughs> yeah, nice, right? <laughs> yeah, he has to slur everything. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. So, um, I don't, I don't know that it's helping anybody with some clarity, but my idea is, in a nutshell, it doesn't take tremendous amounts of air. Air is not music. The goal is music. The sound tells you how you're, you're functioning physically. If you have a sound you don't like, it's because your fundamental technique is incorrect. Something you're doing, chops, tongue, air, something you're doing is incorrect. Um, and that's what I go after first. And steeped in the fundamentals, I will tell you, I am not creative. So I am terrible with figuring out exercises that this student, I did, I'm not a Schlossberg, write this study down, mm -hmm. you know, that you need this particular thing. I pick and choose from a whole host of books. Um, and, and I think, you know, I use, I give you and Joey credit when I use your stuff. I think it's important to give credit where credit is due. Um, and if you're using their pedagogy, I mean, I have a file on my drive that says Tartel. My students have the Stoneman book. Um, we talk about the In things PDF. that you you have told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just sent you sent a book to you just sent a book to Riley yeah. out here. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I, I I think it's yes. I mean, it's not stealing, it's using. And, you know, when I met, you know, Joey, when I, when I met you and I was like, I mean, I tell the story, you know, you're playing lead on one chart that we're rehearsing on the first CD. And then we go to play Vern Reynolds music for five that I picked. And so therefore I had to play lead on it, which I didn't want to do. And um, cause it's really hard angular. And I sat down with my C trumpet cause I'd worked it up on C trumpet and you, you sat down with your B flat trumpet and said, Oh, you're going to play it's, it on. It's actually written for five B flat trumpet. It's a B flat trumpet. Yes. And you said, yeah. You're going to play just C trumpet. For the record. Yeah. And I said, Look, in Cleveland, Michael played C trumpet. Mr. Zouder played, played B flat in the orchestra. I'm totally fine. You play B flat. It'd be great. And you said, No, I'll play C trumpet. And you sat down and read it down. Like, read it down. And okay, so I know that he's a bit of a savant now, but I know that you didn't work that up on C trumpet. You read it on C trumpet. And I was like, you're playing a very different game than I'm playing. Very different game. And on a concert here, on our stage here, you I, you probably remember it. 
one piece we ended joey drilled a g like drilled a g above high c Mm -hmm. the next piece started muted pianissimo low f sharp the next piece yeah but i'm like c trumpet (laughs) (laughs) it was c trumpet i do remember this and it was beautiful and i so like that's a very different i didn't know that was possible Joey, how about it? Better lucky than good. Am I right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I think that's really important. And then obviously when I was going out to watch you teach for a week and I called Bill and said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to go? And that has spawned a whole bunch of and, other and stuff I for said, us. What did I say? Absolutely not. There's when no do, way. I said, when, when do, do we, we eat? eat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, and hey, you and guys hey, got some good food that week. We That was a great week. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy that week, right? And yeah. how many how many horns are we bringing? He said, "Bring six horns." All really? The horns. Are you are you bringing them all? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Bring I think those things have informed how I teach. I mean, if like, how could they not? Yeah. Um, and I guess I've been willing to embrace change and um, adjust my pedagogy where necessary. And then there there's some gaps in my pedagogy. You know, I mean, there are probably for everyone, but um, I do, I'm do. i not a high note guy and I'm not a piccolo guy. And so I've had to go elsewhere for other information to try and yeah. make that. And of course the accident didn't help any of my, anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that also informs you too. And I, and I mm-hmm. agree with you, what you're saying about the Trombomundi thing, like it, you know, this is kind of our think tank. Yeah. You know, totally. I, and, and we, we bounce up off, up each other all the time and we've all learned from it so no doubt well i think this is great right i mean what so this is this is us here over the next couple of weeks we're going to get to talk about the things that are important to us and and a little bit about what goes on in our studios and hopefully you know people kind of gather some things play some long tones exactly but for now longer than four seconds oh here we go eight to 16 seconds you don't get to tell me what long is that that's a long tone yeah, don't uh, don't don't start with me. Don't start. I'll You'll turn this, this whole podcast, podcast right, right there. It is. There yeah. It is. All right, boys. Time for no offense. Hey, look. If you have not defined your own pedagogy or can't sum it up so that your students and others know what you're up to, you're doing it wrong. Listen, just stick with us here. Next couple of weeks, you're going to get a sense of what we're up to, and then hopefully that'll help you inform what you're up to. But give it some thought. Make a plan. Stick to it. Yeah. I mean, it's just that simple. If you can't figure out what you think, how the trumpet works and how you're going about it, then how are you even playing? Right. You're just flailing <laughs> at that point. You're just every day you're starting going, well, I hope this kind of works out. The you have method. to have an overarching concept there of what you're actually doing or you're definitely doing it wrong. There are people out there who are hoping every morning when they pick it up that it's going to work. Ah, I don't want to live like that. No. No. It's a terrible way to work. And no. Brian's, the big takeaway here is Brian's commitment to the fundamentals for, uh, we know it's for himself too, but I mean, <laughs> you know, because be. he's, he's tiled it in every day, but, uh, you know, it does make a big difference. Absolutely. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Listen, stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors, don't be afraid to be boring, painful, and ultimately brilliant. So long for now. (laughs) Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.